BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth, and justice, believers in peace, freedom, and the American way. Tom Hartman here with you. Joe Manchin votes to confirm Brett Kavanaugh. I suspect that this is going to mean that uh, Joe Manchin's probably going to lose his race in West Virginia. I think that Heidi Heidkamp made the right political calculus in North Dakota. I mean, she's, what, 12 points down right now, I think. But she decided to vote her conscience and, you know, the truth that was in front of her. And Joe Manchin decided to vote with the Republicans. And right now, a lot of people are putting money into Heidi Heidkamp's campaign. She's getting support that she didn't have before. People are volunteering to help her out even though she's not always a liberal, but she's a Democrat. And I frankly don't know if that same thing is happening for Joe Manchin. I would be surprised. I think that he thought, and sometimes I wonder if he's the brightest bulb on the tree. I think he thought that, well, if I vote with the Republicans, Mitch McConnell will be nice to me. Donald Trump will be nice to me. That'll help me get through this election because, uh, after all, Trump carried uh, West Virginia by 40 points or something like that, 42 points, which is huge. So he thought, you know, I'll lay down with these dogs and I don't think I'll have fleas when I get up. Right after that vote, Donnie Trump Jr. tweeted, a real profile in courage from lion liberal Joe Manchin. He waited until Kavanaugh had enough votes secured before he announced his support. I bet he had another press release ready to go if Collins went the other way. West Virginia, vote for MAGA champion Morrissey. And then a link to the guy who's running against Joe Manchin. So literally minutes after his vote, the Trump crime family comes out and attacks him. I, I would love to know what's going on in the Manchin campaign right now. I wonder how this is working out for him. I want to see him reelected. We need Democrats in the Senate. But I suspect that without the Democratic base in West Virginia, keep in mind, West Virginia is startlingly progressive. Without the Democratic base in West Virginia, Joe Manchin, I think, is going to be toast. Heidi Heitkamp, maybe she'll pull out of this. Meanwhile, Karen Pence has decided that she is going to make her political statement. This is the wife of, of Mike Pence, our, our esteemed vice president. I told you the story last week about Pervy Patel, uh, this uh, Indian American woman, India Indian, not Native American, who uh, had a stillborn child, gave birth to a dead baby and was arrested in Mike Pence's Indiana, prosecuted in Mike Pence's Indiana under a feticide law that was put into place. Ultimately, it was setting the stage for anti-abortion laws, but the way that they sold it, the way the Republicans sold this was, if somebody kills a woman and, and she is pregnant, you can charge them with two murders. Right? That was the whole intent of the law. Pervy Patel, by the way, was the second woman prosecuted in Mike Pence's Indiana for this. Instead, they started prosecuting women who had stillbirths, saying that they had induced abortions, illegal abortions, late-term abortions. 
And in fact, Puri Partel submitted to a blood test. There were no abortifacient drugs in her system. There was no evidence of no abortion. There was no abortion doctor. There was no nothing. Just a dead, stillborn child or fetus or whatever you call it at that stage. And she was facing 30 years in prison. And Mike Pence's Indiana sentenced her to 20 years in prison. And that was overturned by a federal judge, which is the status of all that right now, who said, hey, there's no evidence that she actually committed an abortion. But, you know, expect this. This is, you know, the whole periods for Pence thing. You know, remember this? We did it on this show back six, eight years ago when Mike Pence was governor of, of Indiana and, and he was trying to get this law passed that said that essentially uh, if women were late on their periods and thought they might be pregnant or found that they were pregnant, they had to essentially report themselves to the police department. And if they lost that child, if they had a miscarriage or an abortion, they had to give a funeral by law, a $5,000 minimum cost funeral to that, whether it was a little tiny bloody speck or whether you know it's something much larger, they had to have a funeral. And if they failed to do that, they went to prison. So the woman that Mike Pence calls mother, his wife Karen, has decided she's going to make her political statement by supporting a fellow, Mark Harris, who is running for Congress, who says, he's facing uh, Dan McCready, by the way, uh, this is in South Carolina, and uh, Dan McCready is a Democrat and a good Democrat. He's a Marine veteran, a business owner, and, and a good Democrat. So if you're looking for a place to, to, you know, somebody to support, Dan McCready should be at the top of the list, too. But the guy running against Dan McCready is this, this uh, whack job Harris that Karen Pence is going to campaign for. I don't know if this was last Friday or this is next Friday. This is from October 8th. Well, that's today. So it'll be this Friday. She's going to be in a campaign rally for this guy. So what does this guy have to say? Well, according to the Charlotte Observer, in an editorial last month, he said, women have lost basic skills like how to prepare a meal, how to sew on a button, or how to keep a home. He loves to quote Ephesians 5.22. Women, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. In a sermon February 3rd, 2013, he said the majority of marital problems could be linked to couples not following that guidance of Ephesians, that women should submit themselves to their husbands as if their husband was God. In fact, he said in that sermon, quote, many marriage, marriages could save bokoops of marriage counseling money if they would just understand, husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church. Wives, submit yourself unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. He told women in this video that they should submit to their husbands because the Lord ordained it. Now, this is the wife of Mike Pence. Mike Pence will not have dinner alone with any woman other than mother. He, he literally refers to Karen as mother. Well, mother, what do you want to do now? Well, mother, what shall we have for lunch? Well, mother, there's not another woman sitting at this table. Well, mother, I haven't, I haven't had a private meal with another woman since we got married. This is our vice president. Let us not forget. This is the guy who, if Trump stumbles, will be running for president in 2020 on the Republican ticket in all probability. This is the guy who, if we impeach Trump, becomes president. You want Handmaiden's Tale brought to the United States circa 20, 2020? All you got to do is look at Mike Pence. We all need to wake up. Uh, this is obviously the Brett Kavanaugh worldview. We now have, what, six or seven Catholics on the, on, the, on the court. It's not the worldview held by all Catholics, by any stretch of the imagination, but it seems to be the one held by at least the right-wing Catholics on the court. Certainly it was Scalia and Thomas and Rehnquist, and, I, and, and you know, Kennedy was a little more liberal. Alito, and now... Barfo Kavanaugh is going to join the court. Meanwhile, in, in uh, misogyny, the uh, neo-Nazis have, uh, you know, for years, they have called Taylor Swift an Aryan goddess. There was some picture of her with a guy with a, with a swastika a couple of years ago, and it was like, ah, proof! The ideal white woman. Well, Taylor Swift has now come out and endorsed Tennessee Democrat Phil Bredesen, and the right-wingers are going crazy over on 4chan. Stupid B-word doesn't respect the Trump curse. She has to learn the hard way. Another particularly bitter 4chan user. 
said that she's going to die of a stroke this month as divine retribution for her betrayal. Another one says, we must save her. Oh, the poor little snowflakes over on the far right. The poor little snowflakes. So, a good time to buy a Taylor Swift album, huh? Where do you see this going? I'm actually rather encouraged. And Columbus Day. Are we still celebrating? Actually, we're not so much anymore. Rapist and murderer and child sex slave participant. I mean, you know, Columbus actually wrote back to the king of Spain saying, these slaves, they're as good as gold. Well, here's what he said. He said, they are well built with good bodies and handsome features. They do not bear arms and do not know them. For I showed them a sword and they took it by the edge and cut themselves out of ignorance. They have no iron. Their spears are made of cane. They would make fine servants. With 50 men, we could subjugate them all and make them do whatever we want. Here, there are so many of these slaves, although they are living things, they are good as gold. You know, but it seems like, you know, we don't celebrate Columbus Day anymore outside of maybe the Italian-American community, which does make a lot of sense because it was Spain who funded this thing, wasn't it? But in any case, I think the days of Columbus Day are over. And in fact, in many parts of America, this is Indigenous Peoples Day. And for that, I tip my hat. We did our book reading this morning on our TV side with Warrior Is, this book by Harley and Robin Zephyr, which is just an absolutely brilliant book about the history of Native Americans, particularly the 18th and 19th century histories. It's just remarkable. Meanwhile, Brett Kavanaugh was sworn in over the weekend. They're swearing him in like four times, right? Roberts did it, and then Trump is going to do it, and somebody else did it, and they're doing all these, quote, ceremonies because, you know, oh, they're so happy about this. And people are walking around going, oh, we're so sad we lost this one. Hey, this one was lost when the vote came in from Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Ohio. You know, the Kavanaugh thing was sealed with the election of Trump. Trump campaigned. I'm going to put people on the court who are going to overturn Roe v. Wade and who are going to interpret the Constitution using originalism. In other words, they're going to think the same way the white male slaveholding founders did back when women and people of color had no right to vote, no rights under the Constitution, and of course, slaves weren't even considered in the Constitution, except for purposes in the South, three-fifths of them being counted toward congressional representation. So yeah, originalism, let's go back to that mindset. Well, they really are. I mean, they really are. But uh, let me finish this first thought first. We've got a lot of people going, oh, we're losing, you know, isn't that a terrible thing? I don't think so. I mean, like I said, this confirmation was a done deal two years ago, as was Gorsuch's. You put a Republican in the White House, you're going to get right-wing crazies on the Supreme Court. The fact of the matter is that if it hadn't been for the Bush v. Gore decision, and it hadn't been for Russian intervention in the election, both of which flipped our elections, Al Gore would have been president, and Hillary Clinton would have been president. And right now, there would be a 7-2 to two progressive majority on the Supreme Court, had it not been for these two events. But in any case, you know, we got Trump, we got Kavanaugh. What a shock. But are we losing? Come on, Trump just mobilized millions of women. You know, back in 91, when they did this to Clarence Thomas in, in the election in 92, women just mopped the floor with men. Terrible metaphor, isn't it? You get my point. This is when Dianne Feinstein got into the Senate and Patty Murray from Washington State. They both ran for the Senate as a result of how Anita Hill was treated in the Clarence Thomas hearings. And they're still there. Plus, Trump is being investigated by Mueller. Plus, Trump is being investigated by New York State for a $500 million tax fraud. Plus, there's an election coming in three and a half weeks. I mean, you know, we'll see who's winning. We'll see. I mean, we can have this conversation after the election, but right now, I'm not willing to despair. In fact, I would say, you know, Charles Blow has a piece in the New York Times titled, Liberals, This is War. And what he's pointing out is that this is part of a conservative plan. And by conservatives, we're talking about privileged white men and the women who are subservient to them. 
that this is a much larger power play by these so-called conservatives to enshrine and protect white male power in the United States. In a way, it reminds me of apartheid South Africa. You know, as the white men who ran apartheid South Africa gave up their power, which was a pretty remarkable thing when you think about it, there was this period of transition. Well, we're not going through that period of transition. You know, we sort of started that in the 60s, the civil rights movement and all that. But now, you know, they want to roll all that back. And in fact, the Supreme Court has already gutted the Voting Rights Act. And this is why they talk about originalism, right? Originalism is just a way of saying, you know, those founders who owned slaves and, you know, beat them and raped them, black people were not human, didn't have the right to vote, didn't have the right to work, didn't have the right to frankly live. Women couldn't vote, couldn't participate, couldn't own property. Poor white men couldn't vote in many states. The founders were a bunch of rich, powerful white men who didn't want true democracy, writes Charles Blow. And in fact, he says they were dreadfully afraid of it. And he's right. It's why we got the Electoral College. It's why, you know, small states have two senators. And now a bunch of rich, powerful white men want to start, want to change the way our court systems work so that we're looking at laws in the context through that frame. For example, this is what it's all about with regard to Trump's hysteria around illegal immigration. Those are not privileged white men coming into this country. In fact, he wants to change our immigration laws so that only privileged white men and their women can come into this country. That's why he's demonizing the visa lottery program. It mostly has people from Africa coming into the United States. This is what voter disenfranchisement is all about. This is what Interstate Crosscheck and Chris Kobach is all about. Find those people who have common last names, blacks, African-Americans, Latinos, and Asians, and get them off the voting rolls. Ultimately, this is what their call for constitutional convention is all about. I mean, this is the direction it is all going right now. And to speed it up, the Republicans are actually lying. Here's Donald Trump last night lying about the Democratic Party. Before we play this, let me just say, for the record, there is not a single piece of Democratic legislation saying we should have open borders. Never has been, never will be. It's not the Democratic Party's position. It's not Democrats' position. In fact, Democrats are in favor of a high-tech border rather than a stupid border, one that allows animals to migrate and things like that, but catches people, and strengthening our immigration laws. But Donald Trump has to shout out to his frightened white base on Fox News with lies, simple lies. Here he is. Every single Democrat in the U.S. Senate has signed up for the open borders, and it's a bill. It's called the Open Borders Bill. What's going on? And it's written by, guess who? Diane Feinstein. This is just a complete lie. I mean, literally, there is no such thing. So when the president of the United States lies to the people about the opposition party, what the hell is going on? I mean, is this like Hitler talking about how Jews were using white, you know, Aryan children's blood to make matzah? Are we to blood libel here? I mean, what the hell is going on? Well, I think we already know. They will stop at nothing. That's what we know. This is the Tom Hartman Program. But there are things we can do. BlindsGalore.com was the first place you could buy custom window treatments online. And because of that, they know what they're doing. They've been doing this for over 20 years and have covered over 2 million windows and know exactly how to get you the right blinds at the right price. They make it easy. They made it easy for Louise and me to go in and order it was a breeze. It will be for you, too. Blinds Galore's products are hand-built from scratch, delivered right to your door, and created just for your windows. Their expert team is happy to help you every step of the way, either online or over the phone. Plus, they have the industry's best guarantee. If you don't like your custom blinds or shades for any reason, wrong color, you measured wrong, you don't like the style, you can exchange it for another covering for free. Blinds Galore will even set you up with 15 free samples and free shipping on top of the free expertise. 
it doesn't get any better than that. Blinds Galore makes it easy to get the custom blinds and shades you've always wanted in your home. Go check out BlindsGalore.com and let them know we sent you. That's BlindsGalore.com. We're reading today from Warrior Is by Harley and Robin Zephyr. It's the story of their great-grandfather who, in real life, killed Custer at Little Bighorn. And, in fact, there's a map of the war, as it were, the battle. And they say that he is now the spirit keeper of Custer, which is remarkable. And there's a page-and-a-half introduction to the book, and then it becomes a historically accurate novel, basically. This story is the traditional and cultural account of the life of Nikokju Lakota warrior Mato Nianpi, saved by bear, his name in English, also later known as Scarleg. Warrior is based upon a true story. What you are about to read has been told to us through our family, passed down as oral history from generation to generation. Every family has its own story. This is ours. It's up to you to visualize and experience the events described herein in order to determine what you believe or what you choose to accept from what you learn from these pages. You've likely never read a story quite like this before. In Warrior Is, the reader is able to visualize and experience the events and circumstances of Mato Nianpi's life. Many times the story is told in the present tense, such as if you were walking with Saved by Bear and his people as the events unfold. This was our original manner of storytelling. Other times the story is narrated in the past tense to account for a past perspective. Those of us who may not be entirely fluent in particular words or specific language as much as we may be fluent in spirit and honest communication, the life messages many times can be more meaningful than just the written or spoken words. Warrior Is follows the timeline from the time of creation, moving through Saved by Bear's birth in 1849 and going up to July 1876, two weeks after the Greasley Brass Battle. Please exercise your free will and follow your conscience when reading this story. The spiritual side is called upon you to open your spirit so that you may read this tale and learn about these events through your own spirit. And, you know, continues sort of like in that line, but here, right to the book. Prologue. He smelled the yellow of the sun. His spirit was alive and energetic. He felt the energy in his chest and all along the blood running through his veins. He looked to his left to see his great friend by his side. The strong scent of sage caressed his nostrils and reminded him of home. The movement over the high-running hilly ridge to the south caught his eye. He and Swift Bear sensed and felt the pathway opening up. So much had occurred so quickly, so suddenly, so dramatically. Their call to duty, his call to duty, filled his mind, his heart, his spirit. Today, it was meant to happen. It was presented to the people from the Creator. The plan was made. The warriors summoned. The preparation was done. It all led to this place, this portal in time. The sparse clouds to the west resembled mare's tails, and for a brief moment he remembered his white stone friend in the White Mountains. He remembered his spiritual commitment to protect his people, Grandmother Earth, and the sacred Hees Hapa. And time stood still for a moment, a small moment in time, through all of the ancient and original history of all the moments of time. The Minikochu spend their lives living by the waters. This is something that many of our own people do not know or understand, but this is our history, not only of our physical existence, but also the history of our spiritual existence on Unsimaka. The book is Warrior Is by Robin and Harley Zephyr. Laura in Detroit, Michigan, watching us on Free Speech TV. Hey, Laura, what's on your mind today? Hi, I'm just calling because I'm seeing a lot of Republicans downplaying just how angry we are in this country as to what happened. But Mm -hmm. I want everyone to remember what they've done can be undone. And we have to keep our eyes on the two Supreme Court justice seats that you know they have their eye on. Thomas, they will begin to put pressure on him after the midterms to retire. Oh, no, Thomas is on their side. Thomas is just as crazy as the rest of them. Oh, I agree with that. But what I'm saying, he's not a young man anymore. Oh, I see. So they want to replace him with somebody. They want to replace him with Amy Coney Bryant, who's 46 years old. Exactly. To devastate a generation beyond a generation. Yeah, you're right. And we know that RBG 
will not be around forever as much as we would love her to be. Right. And we need to keep our eye on the fact that with just with Thomas's seat alone, we know he probably will not retire if a Democrat is in the White House. Mm. But he would if there were a Republican in the White House. So we need to keep that in mind. Also, I've been seeing tweeted where there's no set number in the Constitution regarding how many Supreme Court justices can be on the bench. Right. And we need to stop playing softball and start playing hardball. Yep. And if we want to undo this mess, we have to start, you know, it's like the old saying goes, don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah. Yeah, and there have been two times in the history of the United States where Congress has altered the number of people on the Supreme Court explicitly to block a president from adding new people. This would be slightly different. This would be more like Franklin Roosevelt tried to do in 1937 and then stopped because he suddenly started getting his way when Justice Roberts and Justice Hughes, the Chief Justice Hughes and Justice Roberts, the two right-wingers, started voting left-wing in 37. But the first one was in 1800 when Thomas Jefferson was coming into the White House. And the court was set at six originally by the Judiciary Act 1798. And in 1800, when that election happened, they reduced the number of members of the court to five so that Jefferson couldn't add anybody. But then over time, they had to increase the number of members of the court because those guys also rode the circuits. And so they got all the way up to 10 when Lincoln was in power. And when Andrew Jackson took over after Lincoln's assassination, the Republicans who controlled the House and Senate were so horrified that Jackson, who had been a slave owner himself, was going to you know, make appointments to the Supreme Court that they reduced it down to seven. And with the theory that the people on the court would just retire when they retired and nobody would replace them. So Andrew Johnson would never have a chance to put somebody on the Supreme Court, which he never did. As soon as Johnson was out of office and Ulysses S. Grant followed him, so as soon as they had a safe anti-slavery Republican in the White House, then they took it back up to 10. And after that, it's actually, they took it back up to nine, and it's been there pretty much ever since. So yeah, there is a precedent. There are two different precedents for Congress changing the number of members of the Supreme Court for political purposes. Laura, thank you for the call. Riduzone. If you struggle to lose weight, listen carefully. Riduzone works. I've never before endorsed a weight loss product, but I've seen the result firsthand with my brilliant wife, Louise, who, like so many, has had her share of diet frustrations. Losing weight is hard, right? Louise heard about Riduzone. She did her homework, learned it's FDA accepted, and that it helps us lose weight in a revolutionary way. Riduzone comes out of university research that discovered a molecule that helps regulate appetite. When it's out of whack, we're always hungry and crave foods we shouldn't eat. And good luck losing weight when you're already starving on day one. Louise tried Riduzone. She looks amazing. And I've never, never seen her this excited about a weight loss product. Listen, when diet and exercise aren't enough and you want to lose the weight you've been struggling to lose, get non-prescription Riduzone. Go to tryriduzone.com and use the promo code TOM, T-H-O-M, to receive up to 65% off on your order and free shipping. That's tryriduzone.com, promo code TOM. You know, there's a bigger picture here to everything that I started ranting about this morning. I just want to finish that rant, and then we'll pick up your phone calls. I mentioned that the appointment of Judge Kavanaugh, of Bart Kavanaugh, to the Supreme Court has seriously pissed off lots and lots of women across the United States. You know, seriously. Including Republican women and particularly independent and Democratic women. And... At the same time, Mike and Karen Pence, remember Pervy Patel I was telling you about last week? Pervy Patel, she was a woman in Indiana who had a stillborn child. And she was arrested and sentenced to 30 years, well, she was facing 30 years in prison. She was sentenced to 20 years with 10 years deferred or something for violating a law that Mike Pence loved, the feticide law in Indiana, for killing her baby, right? They thought that she had induced an abortion. There was no evidence of that. There were no abortifacient drugs in her bloodstream. But they were going to sentence her to prison anyway until a federal judge overturned this ruling of this local Indiana court saying, no, you can't do this. 
and Pervi Patel is now free. She was the second person to be prosecuted under the Indiana law. Both of them were freed by the court. Well, now Karen Pence is going to uh, campaign for a guy by the name of Mark Harris. And uh, Mark Harris is a former preacher. And here are some of the things Mark Harris has said. Uh, he's facing, by the way, Democrat Dan McCready. In fact, if you want to get even, you know, toss some money to Dan, Mc Dan McCready. Uh, the, the guy that Karen Pence is going to campaign for says, quote, women have lost basic skills like how to prepare a meal, how to sew on a button, how to keep a home. He quotes Ephesians 5.22. He says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as unto the Lord. In one survey from February 3rd, 2013, he said the majority of marital problems could be linked to couples not following that guidance. He said many marriages could save bookoops of marriage counseling if they would just understand. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Wives, submit yourself unto your husbands as unto the Lord. He said women should submit to their husbands because the Lord ordained it. So Karen Pence is going to campaign for this guy. And white nationalists are melting down over Taylor Swift because she has endorsed now the Democrat in Tennessee, Phil Bredesen, who is running for the U.S. Senate. And over on 4chan, we must save her, writes one distraught white nationalist. Another says, stupid B-word doesn't respect the Trump curse. She has to learn the hard way. Another one says, she's going to die of a stroke this month. There's divine retribution for her betrayal. But now you've got people like Max Boot. He's a, you know, a lifelong Republican. He is an immigrant to the United States. He came here when he was six years old. He's Jewish. And he's saying, that's it. He said they will double down on white nationalism and racism and xenophobia and undermining the rule of law. This will be solidified as the core part of the Republican identity. That's why I think it's essential that Republicans pay a price at the ballot box for what they are doing. And that's why I'm urging, this is Max Booth, the Republican commentator. That's why I'm urging as somebody who is a lifelong Republican who never voted for a Democrat. Having said all that, I'm urging everybody to vote straight ticket Democratic in November because I think it's imperative to get some checks and balances. But when Donald Trump tells lies like this, what is the antidote? What is the corrective? When Karen Pence is going out campaigning for a guy like this, what is the corrective? Well, Donald Trump knows what that corrective is, and he's trying to kneecap it in advance. In fact, he started his presidency trying to kneecap it. That corrective is the free press. Day before yesterday on Fox News, Donald Trump went on with Jeanine Pirro, and said that there should be consequences for those who accused Kavanaugh of sexual assault. Consequences. Meanwhile, in Bulgaria, a young woman, Victoria Marinova, she's 30 years old. She's a professional journalist. Last week, she was reporting. She has her own news show. It's called Detector. And in her first episode, this is recent. She just launched this like a month ago. In her first episode, she had two investigative reporters talking about, quote, large-scale widespread corruption on EU-funded projects in Bulgaria. This is basically the government of Bulgaria stealing millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars from the EU. Well, here's the story. A popular Bulgarian journalist, this is what happens when you hate the news, who had reported on an investigation into alleged corruption involving EU funds was raped and beaten to death. The semi-nude body of 30-year-old Victoria Marinova was found in the park in the Danube town of Rus on Saturday. She had been beaten with such force that she was unrecognizable, according to the Federation of European Journalists. She is the fourth high-profile journalist to be killed in Europe since the beginning of 2017. Amazing. So if you want to have a balance, number one, we got a lot of great Democrats. Uh, Jackie Rosen's going up against Dean Heller in Nevada, for example, this year. Dean Heller voted yes on Kavanaugh. You've got a lot of great candidates and you're listening to the Tom Hartman program. You've got some great media outlets like the one that you are listening to this program on. We need to strengthen our media and our press and spread the word. Welcome back. Tom Hartman here with you. Let's check in with Talk Media News and find out what's going on in the world today. This report brought to you by GoatsForTheOldGoat.com and Ellen Ratner's new book, Loving What You Do, on the line with us. 
is the author of Sideswiped, former Republican congressman from Ohio, Bob Nay. Bob, welcome back. Well, I won't get into Kavanaugh if you have some questions. I know you've probably been talking about it, but I I'll give you a few other pieces of news. And okay. I'm glad to pontificate if you want me to <laughs> on yeah. Kavanaugh. So um, I just wanted to go to a couple of stories. A strange story week. Uh, first of all, the head of Interpol, who vanished after he took a flight to China, uh, we now find is being held for corruption in China. And his name is Meng Hongwei, right. and he is also Vice Minister of Public uh, Security in China. I think at one point in time there was denial that, you know, that they had him, but now he is there. Right. Now, they don't relate the corruption to Interpol, but they relate corruption, you know, internally. It's sort of denial week because the Saudis, the big controversy, of course, in Turkey is the Saudis denying that they have supposedly hacked to death Jamal Khashoggi, who uh, is a Washington Post contributor. Right. And, of course, he's a frequent critic of the Saudi government. Right, and As it looks like know, he was murdered. His, his fiancée was waiting outside the embassy for him, waited two days, right. and never came back out. And she said he didn't come back out. Now, here's a, a point, too. The Saudis let some media in to look around, quote, which is a farce. And, you know, if the Saudis said he exited right away after he got a fiancé visa, that's pretty easy because everything is recorded in the embassies of right. the exits and entrance. Right. But they won't produce that. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Bob, can we yeah. talk politics for a minute? Oh, yes. The conservative base, let me, I think this is very important, and this would worry me if I was a sitting Republican. With half a minute, Bob. Cabinet. Yeah, the, the conservative base is fired up, but they're happy. So they may stay away. The progressive base is fired up, and they are unhappy, so therefore... If they produce people to get out and vote, they will have some. Do you think this is a mirror image of the Tea Party? You had all these Republican activists out in the streets yelling and screaming, and it produced a wave of elections for Republicans. Now you've got women and their allies out in the streets saying, you know, hell no, and will that produce well, it a could be, and if, they, and if they get the vote out, yes, they will create a wave. Yeah, the, wave. the, the key if, is if getting the vote, get the vote out. out. And making sure that Republicans haven't suppressed that vote in the individual states. I mean, you look at Georgia, over 400,000 people were removed from the voting rolls last year by Brian Kemp, who's running for governor now against Stacey Abrams. Bob Nay, Talk Media News. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Always good talking with you. We'll be right back. There's a heavy bias toward the right wing by our corporate media because the right wing combines those elements that you were just talking about, you know, violence, misogyny, racial hatred, things like that, with deregulation, lower taxes for billionaires, you know, whatever the billionaires want, the billionaires get. The right-wingers who organized this thing back in the 70s, and Lewis Powell laid out the formula for it, they knew that they couldn't get enough people to vote for a Republican candidate if they just simply came out and said, we're going to do whatever the billionaires want. And so instead, they, they had to bring along, you know, some fairly large groups. So they got the evangelicals by saying, we're going to bring Christianity into government. They got the racists by saying, we're, we're going to trash people of color and keep them down. They got the misogynists by saying women should submit to their husbands. And they got the homophobes by saying that, you know, the, the homosexuality is wrong and all this kind of stuff. And that was a big enough coalition. That was those, those four slices were a big enough piece of America that those people would vote for the Republicans for their own narrow purposes, the anti-abortion people as well. They would vote for the Republicans for their own narrow purposes. And then, but the, Repu the real tune that the Republicans have been dancing to has, has been, always been, the rich. I mean, it's, and this was the true of Nazi Germany, for that matter. I mean, you know, fascism, Benito Mussolini, to find fascism, is the merger of corporate and state interests. That's what we're looking at. And, and, and I really think the Democrats need to stop beating ourselves up, being all hand-wringy and despairy, like, oh, you know, Kavanaugh. The Kavanaugh deal, I, you know, it's frankly amazing that it was a one-vote margin. It really is. It's just amazing it was a one-vote margin. That, I think, is a victory, frankly. And it has activated women all over the country. But the Kavanaugh nomination was a done deal the day that Donald Trump was declared the winner of the Electoral College. The day that he lost by three million popular votes, but the old slave Electoral College put him into office. Just just like it put George W. Bush into office. I mean, that's really the message here. In 91, when Clarence Thomas disputed Anita Hill's testimony, a lot of women got into politics the next year in 92. And who was elected to, to politics? Patty Murray from Washington State, Dianne Feinstein from California, who are still in the Senate. 
Heather in Taos, New Mexico. Hey, Heather, what's on your mind today? Um, yes, I've been asking this question uh, around to my friends, and I haven't gotten an answer. What, in, in regards to the FBI investigation on Kavanaugh, what would happen if the Democrats did say what was really in that investigation? Apparently, their hands are tied, their mouths are shut, right. it's under lock and key. And what, what would happen if one of them did say what they saw? I'm guessing told- since the FBI only interviewed nine people, I believe it was, and yeah. all of them said essentially, I don't know, I don't want to get involved, I don't remember anything, huh. that there's nothing there that is juicy enough to bother leaking, which is why it hasn't leaked. What we need is an actual investigation where the FBI doesn't have handcuffs put on by Don McGahn and Donald Trump. Another thing that Donald Trump lied to us all about and actually looks into this. And, And frankly, if the FBI can't do it because the White House prevented them, if the Democrats take the House of Representatives, Ted Lieu has already promised, and he just tweeted about this again yesterday, that he is going to make sure that there is an investigation into Brett Kavanaugh's lies before the United States House of Representatives, and they will have the power to subpoena people to compel their testimony and do it under oath. So, you know, it's going to get interesting, Heather. It's going to get real interesting. Thank you for the call. This Kavanaugh nomination, this is not the end of something. This is the beginning of something. This is the beginning of a, I think, what's going to be a political explosion in this country, particularly when the Supreme Court starts handing down hardcore right-wing decisions. You know, hang on to your seats. And meanwhile, Donald Trump is being investigated by the state of New York for literally ripping off widows in their housing by skimming money, by creating this phony company to skim money out of his father's estate and stick the bill with the people who were in the rent-controlled apartments that his father owned by jacking up the rent-controlled rates because they could say, oh, look at our expenses went up. Trump is being investigated. Mueller is out there. He's already got what, 30, 30 indictments, uh, six, seven, eight, something like that, guilty pleas? But what's going on here is much larger than just Brett Kavanaugh. What's going on is much larger than just the Republican Party. This is a multi-generation effort that was started in 1971 when Lewis Powell wrote this memo for his friend and neighbor, Eugene Sindor, vice president of education or something like that, for the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. And Lewis Powell said, we need to get the Supreme Court, among other things, right? We need to create think tanks to influence public opinion, thus the Heritage Foundation, Cato, American Enterprise Institute, Competitive Enterprise Institute, et cetera, all those things came out of that. We need to get business in bed with a political party, in this case, the Republican Party. Thus, you had ALEC, the American Legislative Exchange Council, sponsoring legislation and Republican legislators in every state, all 50 states. And now there is a town and county version of this that the Koch brothers have funded. I mean, Lewis Powell just laid it all out, and this is what's going on. This is, this is a multi-generational power play to cement the power of wealth in this country and, by and large, the power of whiteness in this country. I would argue at the, at the stratified levels, it's more about wealth. On the street, it's more about whiteness. Arguably, it's a class war, and it's all about preserving the power of wealthy, entitled white men. It's just that simple. And, and these guys have been going about this for a long, long time. And now their sales pitch is, uh, and this is Kavanaugh says this. Clarence Thomas was one of the first to say this. Scalia said this. Alito said this. John Roberts said this, that they are, quote, originalists. What does that mean? Oh, we interpret the original meaning of the Constitution. Well, who wrote the Constitution? About half the people in that room were wealthy white slaveholders. And all of the people in that room agreed that, well, I was going to say that women shouldn't vote. There actually was a debate about that, and they tabled the debate. And they chose not to put anything about women into the Constitution. In fact, the first time the word man, man or men was inserted into the Constitution was the 14th Amendment. And uh, Katie Stanton, Elizabeth Katie Stanton said, that word male is inserted into the 14th Amendment, into the Constitution, it'll take 100 years to get it out. And it literally was 100 years from the time the 14th Amendment was ratified until the first equal rights legislation was passed by the U.S. Congress. But basically, I mean, do you get this? These guys are saying, we're originalists. We want to interpret the Constitution the way a wealthy white slave owner would. This is Clarence Thomas's sales pitch to you. 
this is why they're going after the visa program, the lottery program, because, hey, it brings in people from Africa. This is why they want to change our immigration laws, because, hey, we want more white people from Europe. Trump himself. We want more Norwegians. This is what voter suppression is all about with uh, interstate cross check, suppressing the votes of Hispanics, African-Americans and Asians. This is what Citizens United was all about. It's what their call for a, for a constitutional convention is all about. And in the meantime, we've got this bizarre situation where the president of the United States is lying to us, lying through his teeth. This is video one, Nate. Uh, first, he starts out lying. I mean, literally making this up. Democrats don't want open borders. It's been libertarians for years who have argued for open borders. This is an old libertarian thing. It comes from the objectivists from Ayn Rand. They say, Money can move across borders. Goods can move across borders. People should be able to move across borders so that labor can go wherever labor is needed for the benefit of industry. This is libertarian all the way, which is the Republicans. This is the old Ron Paul shtick, right? He was like, if we didn't have welfare programs, I'd be totally in favor of open borders. Look it up. You can find all kinds of YouTubes, Ron Paul saying, and Rand Paul, for, the, for that matter, his own son saying the same thing. But Donald Trump says, no, no, it's the Democrats who are thinking like this. Here he is. Every single Democrat in the U.S. Senate has signed up for the open borders. And it's a bill. It's called the open borders bill. What's going on? And it's written by, guess who? Diane Feinstein. This is Donald Trump last night. And it's a complete lie. I mean, literally, there is absolutely no truth to it whatsoever. Now, this is like the 15th or 20th time that he's, he's gone out there and pitched the Democrats want open borders. It's one of his constant refrains. It is a lie. It is an absolute, utter, blatant lie. Why is the media not pointing this out? Can you imagine if Barack Obama had come out and said that the Republicans are, are you know, in favor of, I don't know, something, you know, equally, equally bizarre? I, you know, it's just, it's breathtaking. Video two here, this is Donald Trump talking about how Democrats are going to bring a tidal wave of drugs and crime. In other words, you know, this is piggybacking on his lie about open borders. In other words, they're going to let brown people into this country from Mexico, which again, Democrats have always been saying, you know, let's have rational immigration policies, but we don't want an open border. What are you crazy? Here's Trump lying about this. If the Democrats' bill ever becomes law, a tidal wave of drugs and crime would pour into our nation like never, ever before. Right. And then he says, and not only that, the Democrats want to give free health care to all these people that once the Democrats open the border are going to pour in another lie, an absolute lie. In fact, the law says if you're not a citizen, you can't get government assistance. You can't get this help. But anyhow, here's Donald Trump lying through his teeth again. Democrats are also fighting to give welfare and free health care to illegal aliens. Paid for by you, the American taxpayer. Thank you very much. Right. And here he is saying that the uh, social safety net, uh, Medicare and Medicaid and Social Security, which his Republican Party is working to destroy and he's lying about, uh, saying that, uh, oh, that's just for America. Well, of course it's for Americans here. It, I, this is why, you know, one of the things about Social Security is it's being kept afloat by all these people in the United States who are not citizens paying into it, but then they can't get the benefit from it. So it's like a, you know, it's a multi-billion dollar year freebie for Social Security. But Trump, Trump lies about that too. Here he is. Republicans believe that the public benefits must be protected for the truly needy Americans. Americans That's that need help, not illegal aliens. See, this is just a complete lie. This is Donald Trump lying through his teeth. I mean, it should, probably shouldn't surprise us that Donald Trump lies through his teeth. He brags about how he lies through his teeth in his own book, Art of the Deal. He has a long history of lying through his teeth, in, you know, including calling up reporters and pretending to be John Barron. I mean, he just... I'm astonished that the media is not going nuts with this. I'm just astonished. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Have we become so used to this man lying that we now just take it for granted? We just now shrug our shoulders? Has it become completely normalized? 
Well, you covered part of it when you mentioned the Powell Memorandum. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was really the blueprint for where we are. Yep. However, I'm of the opinion that uh, the John M. Olin Foundation had to do a lot with the function, with how we got here in terms of funding it. Oh, they were one of the and major just, funders that, that came in after, after they were exposed to Powell's memo, presumably. Exactly. Exactly. Well, there is a book called The Gift of Freedom, How the John M. Olin Foundation Changed America by John J. Miller, which you might find interesting. But what I put together as I was listening to your program was this law and economics movement. They were a major mover in that. And you asked after part of your commentary, you're astounded that the, that the press isn't doing more with this. Well, look at who controls the press. Yeah, six corporations I mean, even, basically control the well, entire you, you media have, in the United States. You have MSNBC <laughs> regularly brings on the bobblehead Hillary and... Recently, there was Debbie Wasserman Schultz as a representative, and and of course you have yeah those the party. you know Hillary Clinton ran for president she she deserves well, to be in the no, media the Debbie Wasserman Schultz I obviously have problems with but the problem with MSNBC is not is not you know who they're bringing on as guests in that in that capacity the well, problem is the things that they won't let their people on the air talk about MSNBC well, is owned by Comcast okay, Comcast the makes their side. money as selling internet to people. And they'll make a hell of a lot more money if net neutrality is destroyed. And that's why you're not seeing much discussion about it at all on MSNBC, among well, other things. here in Washington, they're talking about the blue wave. Right. Well, I come from California. That's a surfing term. And to me, it's the heads of the Democratic Party riding the surfboards on the tears of the proletariat, the disadvantaged, the blacks, the females, etc. Yeah. Well, you know, you could have made that argument, I think, in the 90s, but I'm not buying it anymore, Richard. The Congressional Progressive Caucus is now the largest caucus in the Democratic Party. The largest. To the best of my knowledge, they don't have a single Republican member because there are no longer any progressive Republicans. Teddy Roosevelt is dead. And his part of the Republican Party, William Taft, Howard Taft's uh, dead. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives. Take one atom of nitrogen and bond it with one atom of oxygen, and boom, you just created nitric oxide, a miracle molecule your own body makes that fuels your cardiovascular health, keeping you vibrant. But as we all age, our bodies need help generating more natural nitric oxide. Super Beets by Human N has harnessed the power of nutrient-enriched beets and created a superfood that helps your body make more nitric oxide on its own. The core philosophy of Human N is to develop heart-healthy products for your body. One teaspoon of Superbeats daily supports your cardiovascular health and blood pressure levels, giving you natural energy without the need of a quick caffeine kick or sugar high. We're talking real. We're talking healthy, natural energy. Call 800-568-9889 or go to tomsbeats.com and find out how you can get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats and free shipping with your first purchase. Feel the 1 plus 1 equals boom effect of Superbeats. Call 800-568-9889 or go to tomsbeats.com today. Here in Oregon, there's a guy who for years and years has been putting these right-wing ballot initiatives on the ballot. And he's got this uh, uh, Measure 103 and Measure 104. And uh, what these things are is actually writing into the Constitution that it's against the Constitution of Oregon to have a tax on sodas. It's against the Constitution of Oregon to have a tax on, on food. Now, we don't have a tax on groceries right now. And I mean, I know Republicans have repeatedly tried to get one in, but nobody ever took those seriously. And they're running these ads that are designed to appeal to liberals, where you get this guy who looks like he's in a health food store saying, you know, we need to prevent politicians from putting a tax on our groceries. But what it actually is, is like the biggest dream of the soft drink industry. And not to mention the grocery industry, to have their tax breaks carved into the Constitution. And it's being put forward by a right winger. It's just, it's incredible. And, and this is the problem with ballot initiatives. If a group has enough money, they can lie to you about the ballot initiative. And, oh, gee, that makes sense. I think I'll go with that. Sure, I'd love not to have, uh, you know, taxes on my groceries. So, anyhow, there's that going on. And then the other thing I wanted to, to riff about a little bit is Trump's constant lies. What is the antidote for his lies? What is the agency, the institution, the, 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 the group that can hold a president to account when he lies? 
when he says things like he did last night, that every Democrat in the Senate has signed on for this legislation authored by Dianne Feinstein called the Open Borders Act. It's a complete lie. It's a complete fabrication from the ground up. There's not a single bit of truth to it. Is the media running around with their hair on fire? Oh, my God, the president is a liar. No, he's gotten us used to it. He has normalized it. And that's a problem because the media is the only thing that can out these things. That's why we have a media. That's why we have First Amendment protections in the media. And that's also why Donald Trump started his presidency attacking the media because he knew bad things were going to come out about him. He knew the collusion with Russia was going to come out. He knew his, law, his, his links to, to mob bosses was going to come out. He knew that the scams the entire Trump crime family has been involved with were going to come out. I believe this is why Ivanka shut down her business, because it was starting to come out that her business partner was, was uh, you know, mobbed up or, or internationally corrupt. Not to mention, you know, making their stuff in China and getting all these patents. And, I mean, you know, it's, just, it's corruption top to bottom. Well, how do, you, how do you prevent being wounded by the media reporting about how corrupt you are? You take down the media. And now Trump has raised this to a whole new level. This weekend on Fox News, he sat with Janine Pirro, Judge Janine, and said, we need to be able to put people in prison or fine them huge fines for speaking out against me, essentially. I mean, specifically what he said was that there should be, quote, consequences for those people who accuse Judge Kavanaugh. Donald Trump wants to be able to sue or imprison Christine Blasey Ford. Donald Trump wants to be able to sue or imprison Deborah Ramirez. Donald Trump wants to be able to sue or imprison Julie Swetnick. Donald Trump wants to be able to sue or imprison anybody who is talking about the crimes of the Trump crime family. He's calling for our libel laws to be rewritten and our First Amendment to be pushed aside. And guess who might agree with him? Five hardcore right-wing Federalist Society justices on the U.S. Supreme Court. This could get really, really bad. Because the press is the only thing left. Look at what had just happened to a, a member of the press, a Saudi member of the press. He was apparently just murdered by the Saudis. In Turkey, for God's sake, he goes into the embassy to get uh, permission to marry this woman, you know, proof of, that he's divorced so he can marry this woman. And apparently they killed him. Bulgarian investigative journalist Victoria Marinova was found raped and murdered after she did a television program exposing corruption of the Bulgarian government. She's the fourth journalist now murdered in the European Union in the last year. This is what happens when you start saying that the press is the enemy of the people. This is what happens. It's amazing. There's a heavy bias toward the right wing by our corporate media because the right wing combines violence, misogyny, racial hatred, things like that with deregulation, lower taxes for billionaires, whatever the billionaires want, the billionaires get. The right-wingers who organized this thing back in the 70s, and Lewis Powell laid out the formula for it, they knew that they couldn't get enough people to vote for a Republican candidate if they, if they just simply came out and said, we're going to do whatever the billionaires want. And so instead, they, they had to bring along, you know, some fairly large groups. So they got the evangelicals by saying, we're going to bring Christianity into government. They got the, the, uh, the racists by saying, you know, we're, we're, we're going to trash people of color and keep them down. They got the, the misogynists by saying, you know, women should submit to their husbands. And, and they got the homophobes by saying that, you know, the, the homosexuality is wrong and all this kind of stuff. And that was a big enough coalition. That was those, those four slices were a big enough piece of America that those people would vote for the Republicans for their own narrow purposes, the anti-abortion people as well. They would vote for the Republicans for their own narrow purposes. And then, but the, Repu the real tune that the Republicans have been dancing to has, has been, always been, the rich. I mean, it's, and this was the true of Nazi Germany, for that matter. I mean, you know, fascism, Benito Mussolini, to find fascism, is the merger of corporate and state interests. That's what we're looking at. John in Minneapolis. Hey, John, what's up? 
Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm speaking about the evangelicals, or I would say uh, fundamentalists. They are so decadent in their uh, religion, their viewpoint, because they have demonized, uh, you know, just like half the population, and they feel justified in that. And I don't see, I'm, I'm also a Christian, I can't see where any, in the, anything in the Scripture actually justifies hating people. And I purposely befriended people on Facebook to tell them that. But you would be surprised at how, about how many people, you know, really think that liberals are evil. So once you categorize a group as evil, uh, then the next step is to, you know, pass laws that will discriminate against them, make them wear little yellow stars. The next step is concentration camps and then ovens. You know, I think that this is where we're headed at. Well, know? we're at the concentration camps right now with, with people of Hispanic ancestry. Yes, at, absolutely. And this is children of Hispanic ancestry. You know, reprehensible, and they need to be reminded of that. And I encourage people to remind them of it every chance that they can get. And we're still running these concentration camps, and it's been something like 70 some odd days now since that judge said you must let these children out of these concentration camps. And what are they doing? They're building a new one in Texas, a new concentration camp in the desert in right. Texas. And, and one of the last Nuremberg uh, prosecutors in New Jersey, I can't remember his name, said that it is against the Nuremberg uh, findings. Right, against the principles, yes. These are crimes. These are international crimes against humanity. I agree, John, and I would, I would love to see somebody held to account in this administration. A lot going on. We'll be back tomorrow to continue discussing it right here with you. And in the meantime, don't forget, democracy is not a spectator sport. We can't just sit around and complain. That's why I tend not to do a lot of complaining on this program. We need to think about solutions. We need to understand the concepts. We need to get the big picture. So get out there, get active, tag your it. Tell your friends about our media and wake them up and get them to the polls. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.